Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. April, snowstorm in Berlin, that shouldn't happen. But it does. Every year. <laughs> yeah. Is that a thing? I just, I just put it down to climate change. It's probably climate change, but it happened last, <laughs> last year also. It happens like, every year. Yeah. Well, of course, I'm getting married in a few weeks. <laughs> so yeah. you, want, you know how they throw rice at weddings here? Mm. Maybe, they, maybe it's just going to be hailstones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to let you know, we're going to do like a different podcast this week. We're just going to have a, a hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast at the start. Yeah. Then what we're going to do is we're just going to fade up our pre-pod chat. Okay. And then there won't be any long intro for me. I'll just give you guys names, a name check, and then we'll go straight into the football talk. Are okay. you explaining what you're what we're supposed to do? Can go on the <laughs> can go right. very, very meta. You know? Yeah, it is very meta. Okay, well maybe we'll leave it in. Anyway, let's get talking football. With me in the studio is Andre Gonzalez from the One Football Newsroom. Hello, and this a very special, a double helping of Deutsche Welle goodness from Nick McKenna Klein. Hello, and Ali Moody. Hello. Welcome all, and before we get cracking on the football chat, let me quickly implore our listeners to take a trip to their local iTunes store, search for the One Football Podcast, and leave a comment and a rating to let us know how we are doing. Now, let's start off with Real v Bayern in the Champions League during the week. Cristiano Ronaldo, King of Europe, said Marca afterwards. Oli, was I the only one to think he was missing for most of the game? No, certainly not. And even the bits where he did show up, he seemed to be offside most of the time, uh, certainly for two of his goals. So, yeah, it's another hat-trick in Europe for Ronaldo. Um, he's up to 100 goals, is it now, in, in European yeah. football? In Incredible Champions League football. In Champions League football, football. Yeah. Yeah. he doesn't mess about with that Europa League nonsense. No. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously an incredible achievement for him. Um, and obviously he was the decisive player uh, over both games in the tie with Bayern. But... He was offside for both goals, wasn't he? I mean, <laughs> it's undeniable. We, sh- we should we should clarify that. I mean, the second one was pretty obvious that he was offside. But mm-hmm. when you look back at the replays, he was ahead of Marcelo when the ball was played, yep. which means that he was offside. Mm-hmm. And so, for the yeah for the other one uh, at the other end, um, he was just very clearly about half a yard offside. Yes, and that was really quite a poor one. But it is miss. it is incredible how he how he's repositioned himself as a player now. He's no longer this sort of winger, tricky person player. He's turned into this sort of fox-in-the-box almost type <laughs> player. That's just amazing. Yeah, it's really impressive uh, how he's changed his game completely. He doesn't sort of pull out all the tricks and beat a man 15 times a game like he used to, like mm-hmm. when he was breaking through at Man United and whatnot. Um, he scores a lot more headed goals now. And, um, yeah, his positioning in the box is fantastic. Um, his finishing, obviously, incredible as well. Um, and it's, it's always impressive when you see players like Alan Shearer did it as well, where they just completely change their game as they decline in certain ways physically. Say um, it, come on. Get, got older. Got older, got older yeah. yeah. As they fair, get older. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, and yet he's still getting whistled by the Burnabout fans. Um, yeah, but it's really it's really hard to play at that stadium and uh, the the Spanish afición in general. It's um, they're never happy. It's really hard to please them. Even Ronaldo. Even Ronaldo. Yeah, it's a fact. Despite him doing so much for the club. Yeah, he's he's also Portuguese, and uh, that that makes things a bit more complicated. But uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, it, I remember um, seeing Zidane being whistled at the Bernabeu. 
So if if they whistle Zidane, they will whistle pretty much every single human being. <laughs> Is there a case to be made for Madrid being the most uh, high maintenance fans in the world? I don't think so. I think I think what what happens uh, at at but at the Bernabeu it happens in some other places uh down south in Europe and also in Latin America. I think it, it's 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 a cultural thing. Right. Um it's really hard to I I cannot understand and I'm from the south but I cannot understand if you go to the stadium just to boo and whistle your own players if if you're not happy with what you're watching you just remain silent. <laughs> just it's really hard to understand, but but it's it's a, a cultural thing. They do it all the time. It's not a big thing. Okay, so nothing to get too shook up about. No, not, it's going to happen again. So okay, it's not not nothing shocking. Um, to me, the best player on the night was Marcelo. It was absolutely brilliant. I've got some stats. Would you like to hear them? Oh, definitely. Okay, he had nine take-ons, eight chances created, seven crosses, four interceptions, three blocks, one assist. I was watching Marcelo. Um, and I, I was thinking, this is the player that we've been asking for his whole career. Because I remember when he first started in, in Brazil, I look at him and I thought, okay, this guy is an amazing winger, but it's not, it's not a good fullback. So it needs, it needs to improve a lot. And it took him, it, it took him like probably eight, nine years to develop into the, the beautiful thing that we see now. It's like a, a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. And it, it took him like eight years to to become a perfect fullback. Now he's he is the perfect fullback. He uh, he's the perfect fullback, and he, he has a very good friend uh, in Brazil, uh, also a perfect fullback, also Who? in the left. Who's that? Felipe Luis. Oh yes, of course. Oh, yeah, we can talk about him in a in a couple of minutes. Maybe we'll yeah we we're, there's there's no problems at all with uh, with Brazilian fullbacks at the moment. With Marcelo, wasn't that his four hundredth game? For Real Madrid, it yes, was. it was. So eight, nine years and four hundred games. To, exactly for that butterfly. To, <laughs> it, it work, <laughs> working hard pays off. Mm. <laughs> One thing which I've noticed about Madrid, though, is that they don't seem to have a plan. I mean, only now we're in Madrid. Was it three weeks ago? Now we watched uh, Madrid against Alavés, and it's a bunch of superstars running around with absolutely no structure to what they're doing, with the exception of maybe Tony Kors and uh, who else was it? Modric. Modric. Yeah. yeah, that's right, Madrid. No, you you have you. They have the exact amount of players uh, working hard uh, enough to make it work. So it's really interesting to watch uh, Madrid these days because it looks like most of the time they're in, in a verge of chaos, and suddenly something changed, and they have the game. As soon, as soon as they're under pressure, that's when it's like. As soon as there's actual real pressure, exactly, that's when they exactly. start playing. They wake but, up, yeah. It's like, oh, we actually yeah. have to do something now. We, you know, we're actually really good players. Let's get some structure in there. Let's start passing to each other. But before that, it's like looking at eleven headless chickens running around the pitch. There, there is a lack of focus most of the time, which is really, really disturbing. And uh, that, that's the reason they they've been trailing so many times this season and also in the previous season because they they have a lack of concentration. And uh, it, it could be fatal. So far, it wasn't, but it could be fatal. I felt like as well, the, the lack of focus that you're talking about might also be the reason behind some of the booing and whistling. I exactly. certainly felt in the game that we watched. Um, the fans weren't booing Real playing badly necessarily. It was just that they didn't seem switched on. And when they made these like silly mistakes, mm -hmm. that was when the whistling really ramped up. Speaking of plans, did Bayern lack a plan B? They sort of had their play down the wing and they threw the balls into the box 
which was pointless given that Lewandowski was up against two pretty decent centre defenders. But yeah, there, there was accusations of a lack of plan B. What does anybody make of that? Yeah, they've had a lack of plan B for most of the season, I think, Bayern. Um, certainly when it comes to scoring goals, it's Lewandowski or question mark. Um, Thiago filled in at times uh, throughout the season. Muller has had an absolute shocker. Um, and continues to have a shocker. Continues shock. to have an absolute shocker. Um, scored against Arsenal, of course, but that doesn't mean much these days, does it? That, that doesn't count anymore. Um, no, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's something we've seen from Bayern all season, that they've looked a bit unimaginative. Um, unless Robin pulls out his trademark move or Ribéry provides a flash of brilliance or Thiago um, does something magical, which he does quite regularly, to be fair. But aside from those guys, the old guard and Lewandowski, um, there's been a lack of spark about Bayern for most of this season. And so it's not a huge surprise to see them come unstuck against a great team like Real Madrid. You, you mentioned the old guys. The average age they sent out of the team was 30 years and 116 days. Su- <laughs> suggest to me they need a bit of a refresh during the summer. Is that going to happen? Probably. I mean, they've finally got to go find a new plan, especially with Robin and Ribéry being so old now. And Lamb going, Alonso going. Exactly. I mean, they've had. They, they think what what was what we saw on Tuesday was the end of the Bayern as we know it. They're going to have to do a complete revamp in the summer and get players to replace the ones who have been there for so long. I mean, I think Ribéry's been in what nine years now. Robin eight years. Mm-hmm. Granted, Lamb his whole career. So there's they need a new plan when it comes to that. But what I noticed on Tuesday, there was no plan B when they had a player sent off. That's a second game. Was it last week they had Martinez sent off? You'd mm-hmm. think they would have had a plan B just in case it happened again. And they didn't. As soon as they lost Vidal, it was pretty much all over. There was those, They didn't know what they were doing. Do we want to, I mean, it is by the by, but do we want to mention the referee at all? We've been, Tiago said after the game, we've been completely screwed over. Robin said Bayern were robbed. Vidal said the referee knocked Bayern out of the Champions League. I mean, Vidal might want to have a look at himself when he's saying that. It is sort of by the by, but leads to questions that that thorny issue of uh, the, video replays. The thing that I want to say about about referees yeah. these days, um, this is happening way too often, and uh, everyone is talking about the, the video referee. We've we've been doing some tests, uh, but we we are we football we are twenty years behind all other sports. It's ridiculous ridiculous so i really don't get it it, it, it really i feel like if 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 this is happening to the to a little club no one cares now it's happening to the big clubs so i think things are about to change because the big clubs are are feeling they they're robbed so finally we're, we're seeing some changes on, on on the game it took 20 years 20 years. See, I prefer it without video technology. I understand Whoa. I understand referees need more help because the game is getting faster, more physical, etc., etc., et Without et the video, what do you think? Would like eight referees well, on maybe the pitch? Have a, maybe you maybe have re- 11 referees Maybe you have a pitch? referee in each half. A what? A, a referee in each half of the of the pitch. It doesn't make it... No, it's, it not, it's not going to solve works. anything. It's just another, another guy on the pitch. Just another... Just more money that you need to pay to the referees. My main, my main point against it is that I think it takes away from the essence of the game. I know that sounds a bit high flatulent, etc. But I feel like that sort of the arguments that it leads on to is often part of the fun of football for me. The stakes are too high 
to to be just fooling around with this yeah. kind of thing. It, I I I really don't get it. It's it's beyond ridiculous. Nick. I mean, this is this is something which the players are going to keep keep complaining about until there is a change. Um, I don't think that Bayern were hard done by because I mean Vidal should probably have been sent off earlier. True. Should have scored more goals in the first leg as well. That's true. Um, what was it? The the Ramos goal, own goal by Rothside before that, ahead of that as well. So I mean, yes, decisions went against them, but there were decisions for them. Uh, when it comes to video refereeing, though, the first game which they tried it in was last month. Was it France against Spain? Yeah. And even then, Deschamps said we didn't lose much of it. It was 30 seconds until the decision was made, and at least we know it's the right decision. And I think yes, it takes away of the, it takes it takes away the magic, but there's going to be a lot less people who are pissed off about what's happened. And and just, what's two days after the game on Tuesday, we're still discussing whether or not you know Bayern were hard done by. It's that simple. If, the, if video referees then can say that's right, that's wrong, the same way they do in ice hockey, the same way they do in basketball, and they just go out for half a minute. Exactly. It might even be two minutes, but at least they can see it. And you can't expect a referee to see offside for, for certain situations, and it's just it's it's the way we need to go. And the other Final thing is, word, it's part of the narrative now. Like every time there's a refereeing mistake in a big game, the everything that's in, written in the papers, everything that people are talking about online is, do we need uh, video referees? And it's got to the point now where that's not going to go away. People aren't going to suddenly say, ah, we don't need video refs anymore, actually. It's, once it's part of that narrative, yeah. eventually it's going to happen. It will be if I get a chance to be in charge. And bottom line, we're just wasting so many minutes talking about, about the referees, and it makes sense because there was there were some big mistakes but in the end, in the in the in the in the compact of the two legs, uh, Madrid they were better than, than yes. Bayern. They were better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as for Bayern Munich's German counterparts, uh, Borussia Dortmund, they're also out of the competition, having lost three one on the night, six three on aggregate to Monaco. Ugh, I mean, it feels a bit churlish criticizing them given the circumstances they which they had to play, uh, which was made especially awkward about what happened last night. Uh, maybe you could fill people in, Nick. Uh, starting with last week, with the, but with the attack on the bus. Well, no, I think people know about the attack on the bus, but like last night, last they, had night. The, they had the police delay as well. well exactly. Well, they were they were stuck in the bus last night for twenty minutes without going anywhere. And I think this is a group of players who just a week beforehand have been attacked with three separate bombs. So I think being stuck in a bus ahead of a game, Thomas Tuchel said himself that um, you know they, they were full of the, they, they were joyful, they were looking forward to the game, and then all of a sudden they're just stuck there and not moving, and that brings back memories of last week. And I was in Dortmund for both games, for the game against Monaco and at the weekend against Frankfurt. And it, I mean, these guys are they're only human, right? So if something like this happens to them, it's going to be stuck in the back of their heads. And I think that definitely happened again last night. I think if they hadn't been stopped when they leave on the way to the, to the stadium, then maybe they would have gotten into the game quicker last night, because. I mean, on Saturday, I think it was, wasn't it? When Marco Royce scored within two and a half minutes. Well, exactly the same thing happened last night. But Monaco were the first team to score. Mm. Had I, I'm sure that if Dortmund hadn't, hadn't been stuck in the bus before the game, the game wouldn't have started like the way it did last night. Well, there was also the ZDF report last night here in right. Germany, which pointed out that they reconstructed the attack and said that if it literally had been a second more, that there could have been fatalities. Yeah. If it had been a second side, earlier, I mean, and if the the angle of the of the of the explosives had been slightly lower, because what ended up happening was the projectiles which were in the explosives shot over the bus rather than going into it. So, I mean, Mark Barcher was injured. There was also what what the investigation said there was a nail in one of the headrests, mm-hmm. so, and that was it. In quotation mm-hmm. marks, had uh, the angle of the explosives been any lower? Then we'd be talking about something completely different. I mean, it, does, it is churlish to, to criticise them last night, given that all that's got on. Um, saying that, do you think Tuckle is going to look back on this and think, 
Well, you know, it's a young and experienced squad. I'm pretty happy that we at least got as far as the quarterfinals and, and gave Monaco potential winners a, a decent go. I think they're going to feel they're going to part of them. They're going to feel hard done by, uh, especially because of last week's game. Uh, I don't. I generally don't think they should have played last Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I think that's. And I think that's where this whole thing started. They, pretty they probably wouldn't decision. have lost. Yeah. Monaco is not a particularly good team away. They've only they won one game, uh, one Champions League game away from home this season. Yeah, that they, was against Tottenham. A lot of goals away. Exactly, yeah. and they 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 managed to win in Dortmund, which nobody really expected. I think had last week not happened or the game been postponed to another day, then we'd have seen a different Dortmund out there. They were they were preoccupied, and it's understandable. It was less than twenty four hours later, yeah. and you saw that on the players' faces. And last night it was pretty much the same thing. Roman Berkey after the game, uh, Dortmund's goalkeeper, he still doesn't look quite right. And uh, I didn't think Tucker looked quite right either. He's, none of them really do. I think it's understandable. I mean, they've they managed to process what's happened, but they haven't really found closure in the whole thing. And I mean, can that happen so quickly? Yes, they're, they're professionals. They need to they need to do their job. But I mean, give them a break, and they're going to need they're going to need a long time to to deal with this. Right. As for Monaco, wow, I think we all want them to win. Absolutely, <laughs> don't yeah. we? You look at all the others that are left, and hmm. um, I just think Monaco bring about that kind of excitement that you have with football when you see a team that doesn't really seem to care about defending. Um, loves going forward, <laughs> has uh, incredible young talent in Mbappe and um, Falcao rediscovering his form of old. Oh, yeah. It's, just, it's glorious to watch. Can we talk about Falcao's diving header for a moment? <laughs> it's just I, a classic. Well, it's, I, it's it's a, I've got a question for you. I ran a poll on Twitter last night asking people which type of goal was more beautiful. The dink, the diving header, or the volley? What would you go for? For a uh, for a striker? Yeah, for uh, well, for any player. The diving header is just. You're going for the diving oh, header? Yeah, I for really a striker the is just, just beautiful. Nick's I'd, agree, I'd agree. No, I'd agree. I was just thinking, but I think the, the diving header, which always sticks in my mind, is Van Persie Holland against Spain. That's what yeah. a lot of people got back with. Most people voted for the dink. Anyway. Okay. So Monaco, we want to win. <coughs> uh, one I, team. I, I was watching the, the the. I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah, but yeah. I I really want to say this. I was I was watching the match yesterday, and uh, I was completely thrilled with uh, how fast the transitions are oh, yeah. with Monaco. It, it is absolutely crazy to watch mm -hmm. it. Um, I'm not a Monaco fan, never been, but I was so excited with the. Uh, there was I think twenty twenty minutes uh, between uh, right after the the two goals. There was. The, 20 minutes of pure magic they they did everything perfectly and you, you don't it, it's really hard to do it when you're playing against a team like Dortmund really really hard to do it so if Monaco can can pull this off if they can win the the Champions League I think it's it's uh amazing for for the world of football because I think we are a bit tired of the same old teams yeah. getting into the the, the, the semi-finals and then the final that's why the Champions League is quite boring for the last, I would say, ten years. <laughs> I think I think that they were lucky as well with with how Dortmund was set up. That, I mean, Ginter was awful. It was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And it's not yeah. the first time he's been awful. Yeah. Uh, and and I mean, I don't understand why it was when Dembélé is on the bench, starts the game on the bench. That, then, that was weird. That it was is weird. weird. And it, the best player in the first half for me was Nuri Shine. It was, and, he came off and then time. he came off. Yeah, but then again, Master Schmelzer, his replacement was was pretty damn good in the second half. But they managed to move Guerrero into the middle. But still, it was there was no plan. And no and Guerrero had a pretty terrible second half of the season. Yeah, I thought he made some really poor choices last night with his passing. Nice goal against Bayern. Yeah, last weekend. But 
Well, we'll give them that. <laughs> um, speaking, Andre, you mentioned teams that are regularly getting into the semi-final. Atletico Madrid. Again. Back. Third time in four years. This Is this finally the time they're going to do it? It's not, is it? I I don't know. I don't know. I think they, they, they deserve it for, for historical reasons. I think they, they deserve more than they got in, uh, in the last two finals. Uh, I think if they lose to Real Madrid in a final oh game, Simeone <laughs> might just ex- combust on the <laughs> sideline. Uh, I hope they face each other in the semifinals, actually. It, it might As happen. As in Real against Atleti. I'd rather, have, I'd rather have a semifinal than a final. But I feel like uh, Atleti could beat Madrid over two, over two games. Exactly. Anyway, what do you want to say about Atletico and their win over Leicester? Um, it was a very, very complicated match. And uh, uh, I, think, I think everyone was expecting that because uh, this new Leicester um, is, a, is a complicated team to beat. And, and their attitude was amazing, was really, really good. If they played like this for the first half of the season, they would be fighting for uh, Champions League positions right now. But they didn't. So um, I, I, I want to... I want to highlight two things that are just crucial about the match. Uh, Simeone was was a genius when he decided to to play Jimenez as number six. He was absolutely perfect playing as a number six, and then he, he needed to to go back a little to centre back uh, due to Juan Fran and Philippe Luis coming off uh, injured, and he was absolutely perfect again. I have some stats about him, and it's just insane. Um, it completed five tackles, seven interceptions, sixteen clearances, and twelve headers. Wow! Twelve. He only he only um, uh, lost two aerial duels in the whole match, and he managed to do all these things just with two fouls. So the other the other amazing uh, partnership or the partner in this case it was uh, it was again Diego Godin. We know we know how good he is, but again, two tackles, four interceptions, nineteen clearances the whole match, and this is what it was. It was particularly easy to to make a lot of clearances in the last twenty minutes when just mm-hmm. it was just uh, putting balls into the box, and it, it was perfect. Is the other thing you want to mention, Saul? Definitely, okay. we, we 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 talked about about him many many times, and you know I'm I'm a big fan of him. President of the fan club, I believe. Yeah, almost. Um, but now we know that he's been playing under a lot of pain um, after that match against Leverkusen. Um, two years ago. Yeah, almost two years ago. Yeah, yeah it's two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been playing with a lot of pain. Uh, and and suddenly... Well, we should probably define that pain. I mean, you... he, he said himself that he's been passing blood after every match and training session. Exactly. He said, I want to defend these colours to fulfil this dream. Oof. It's result of a kidney problem. Exactly. Yeah. So I- imagine uh, going through uh, this for almost two years and playing every, every I would say two to times per week and, and uh, scoring that lovely goal again um, is, is awesome. He's a, he's a great player. So let's start off our El Clasico chat with a bit about Barcelona and their game against Juventus last night. Uh, has Neymar stopped crying? I hope so. There was a lot of tears. There's a lot of water to waste. It is. I mean, going out in a quarter final, I don't know if that's a good enough reason for tears. 
Yeah, he's a very emotional um, human being. So I, 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 it's not the first time that that we see we we, we watched um, Neymar crying like that. So. Whatever happened to a bit of backbone, Ali? Eh? No tears from Suarez this time. No, he, he likes a good cry out on the pitch. Oh, well, that, that's he good does cry. like a good cry. That's true. He cried after that Crystal Palace draw. Remember that? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Christian Bull. Well. <laughs> the, the, the thing about Suarez, um, he uh, uh, it was. Uh, I've got some interesting news about Suarez. I'll tell you afterwards. They involve Kellini. No, because they're friends now. It's got to do with at the shoot. end of the match. They were talking and uh, hugging. And oh, all that's that. true. And oh, you yeah, didn't so. bite him. <laughs> no, no bites at all. No, that's Incredible good. Restraint. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, my interesting news about Luis Suarez is that his wife and Messi's wife have opened up a shoe shop in Barcelona. So. Hey. I read this somewhere and they were telling me that that's the reason why he won't be moving to Manchester City. Why Messi won't be moving to Manchester City. I thought that's one reason why he won't be moving. Can't argue with that logic. <laughs> it's solid logic, really, isn't it? Is that what he's going to tell Pep? So I can't come, my wife's got a shoe shop. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not much to say about the game last night. Juve defended well, blah, blah, blah. Juve, but Allegri said one thing on um, on a press really conference that was just, just right on the spot. He said, uh, "We know that we are not PSG. Yeah. So we, di- we didn't we didn't commit the same mistakes. I, I like that Ouch. arrogance, though. It's just, I like that sort of mentality. We know we're not going to go in and surrender. And they went out and attacked them, and that was the way to play. And, and, and most of the time, I felt I felt like uh, uh, Juventus they were closer to score than 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 Boston. Yeah, Cuadrado had a, had a couple of chances. I thought it, it was one of those uh, really frustrating matches that uh, Barcelona tried." A lot of things. They they finished the match with just two defenders and playing with five five um, uh, attackers. It was absolutely mental, and still, uh, it looked like it looked like nothing was happening for for Juventus. They were just there controlling. It was just just a typical Italian business. Yeah, they well, showed anyway. why I think. Sorry, they showed why I think they'll uh, win the Champions League. The so defense yeah, I said it after yeah. the after the second round as well, round of 16. Yeah. I'd, I'd like it to be Monaco, but I, th- I think you're right. I think it will be Juventus. Finally. Same. Buffon's probably going to retire once. If, if they win, he will retire. He should. Yeah. That's yeah. all he's waiting for. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, before we get to talking about El Clasico, let's break down what's happening at the top of La Liga. Real Madrid are top on 75 points. Three behind is Barcelona. Should Barca win, they will go top on goal difference. But Real Madrid have a game in hand against Celta Vigo, which sounds easy on paper, but they are a team who've knocked them out of the Copa del Rey already this season and who Real struggled against earlier in the season. With that out of the way, I've got one important question for you, Andre. Do they call it El Clasico in Spain? Yeah. They do? Oh, my oh, God. How disappointing. I thought they would have had a funkier name for it or, I don't know, expecting something better. Okay. So where's the game going to be won and lost? Mental. Um, I think it's going to be uh, absolutely crucial for, for Barca, mostly. They know they're, they, are, they are training. And after being knocked out of the Champions League like this, those first 15 to 20 minutes they're going to be absolutely crucial if they want to keep uh, trying something because it's in the Bernabeu yeah Yeah. they're playing it at the Bernabeu and um, I I think we're going to witness again some moments when Real Madrid are completely lost on the pitch and uh, they're completely unfocused and probably some whistling every every now and then Um, but in the end uh, I think that, that Madrid are Going to control the match for most of most of the of the um, I, I would say the first fifteen minutes twenty minutes are going to be absolutely 
crucial. And Barca have struggled against the bigger teams this season. They lost to Manchester City. They obviously lost to PSG. They lost to Ju- uh, Juventus. They lost to Malaga after Madrid dropped points. It just seems to, it's obviously not right. It's not working, is it? I think that they 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 have a problem in the back. They they've been struggling not to concede, and um, I think this is the worst Barca I can remember when it comes to defending set pieces. They they concede a lot of goals from set pieces, and and uh, when you're playing against big teams or bigger teams in this case, it's just you you have you you have to be better than than they they've been so far. Right, is Gareth Bale going to be fit? We still don't know. Okay. So it could be the BCI rather than the BBC. It might be. It might be. Um, There was something I wanted to ask you earlier when we were chatting about Real Madrid, and we might as well ask now, is Asensio going to be the next big thing? I think he's already a big thing. He's a pretty big thing, isn't he? Yeah. Two years ago when he was on loan at Espanyol, we could have spot that just by, by looking... Looking at Asensio playing, you can see there's a lot of quality there. But there's always this doubt if he can make it on a bigger team. But he has been um, absolutely perfect so far. And uh, people ask me very often, uh, why isn't James or James Rodriguez playing very often? And And I just answer, come on, they have Asensio, they have Isco, they have a lot of quality. Um... And and uh, we can see, we can see that every every single match when Asensio is very very reliable. It's a bit like a, it, it's 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 a better version of Lucas Vasquez on the right. So uh, that's not bad. Yeah, Lucas Vasquez is a very competent player. Is is one of the as as a manager, I would love to to have players like that because you can actually trust them. Okay. Do you guys have anything you would like to add to the Clasico? Yeah, I mean, just picking up on something Andrew said um, about Real probably controlling the opening of the game. Can you imagine what Xavi's reaction would be if someone had suggested when he was playing that anyone else, whether it's Real Madrid or any other team, would control a game? Barcelona have changed a lot in the last few years, and I think um, what we saw against Juve and what we've seen from them at times this season kind of shows why Luis Enrique is leaving at the end of the season. He can see that they've kind of moved away from their style, um, and they just look like they've gone a bit stale. Um, it's you know it happens. Um, Barcelona weren't at uh, in Pep Guardiola's last season at Barca. They weren't at the level that they had been in previous mm-hmm. seasons. You know this does happen, but um, yeah, I think that's why they probably aren't going to win this Clasico, in my opinion. They and, just don't look up to there and thus not win the league. Indeed, they had last night. Oddly, they had. I don't know if you noticed that they instead of having Mesque on club, they had more than a club. They had it in English. Really? Yeah. yeah. Didn't spot it. Yeah, they had the fine. fans put up it was a, we were translucent things. Odd. Anyway, uh, your prediction for the game, Dre? I think they draw. They're going to be going to be a draw. A goal draw? Goal yeah. draw? With the goals, with goals, but one-one uh, probably. Okay. Ali, you're going for Madrid. Yeah, I hate to say it, but two-one Madrid. Nick, we'll go for one-nil Madrid. One-nil Madrid. Okay. That's all from us today. My thanks to Andre, Ali, Nick and our producer, Damon. Remember, wherever you are in the world, please go to your local iTunes store. Please give us a rating and please leave a comment to let us know what you think of the podcast. Thanks for that and thanks for listening. <laughs>